Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Running Light Podcast, October 27, 2022, episode 139. I'm your host, Bo, and I'm here with... Peter. Peter Martin, and we got a good show for you today. (laughs) And this is, I don't know what to name this one, but it might be just the insanity of sex. Sex and politics? Sex and politics, (laughs) and maybe I should add this to um, my... um, uh, the book that I'm kind of finishing writing. Might, um, Might about, fit in there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because so, I have a sex and politics section. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but this one might, might be good just on the madness of it all. <laughs> you know? So we're going to, uh, Peter's going to kind of throw out some good articles and we're going to kind of talk about it and then um, kind of go from there. So at the time of our recording this podcast, uh, we are up against the midterm elections in the U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. And so we've had some colorful <laughs> candidates come to the surface. Uh, and I use that in more than one Tongue meaning cheek. of the word. Tongue yeah. <laughs> so uh, the first is a guy out of New York. Uh, his name is Mike Itkis. Uh, he's a Ukrainian national, came over here. And in order to promote his candidacy for, uh, again, being a member of the House of Representatives, he released a sex tape, of which I will not tell you the title of, but uh, essentially it's a 13-minute sex tape in which he hired a porn star to have sex on film, and he put it on many different porn sites. Now... This is a quote from him about why he did it, like why he thinks this is such a positive move for his candidacy. He says, our laws still emphasize marriage as the most appropriate context for sexual activity and a lot of laws on the books, such as those prohibiting adultery and sex work, are simply wrong for a society where half the adult population isn't married. The political thrust of Idkiss's message is underscored by the talking points posted with the video, which include sex between two people who aren't married or still in a long-term relationship, which is like the the lamest keywords <laughs> underneath a porn video I've ever read. <laughs> it's like sex between two people who aren't married or involved in a long-term relationship. And it says, uh, he says about this, uh, is still very valuable to individuals involved. And restrictions on sexual behavior based on marital status are outdated and harmful. So that's Mike Itkiss down in New York City, but in Pennsylvania. So that's New York City? That's New York City. In Pennsylvania, uh, a budding politician by the name of Alexandra Hunt, who's a uh, former pro- – I mean, I'm sorry, former stripper who now has developed an OnlyFans page and following and now is also running for Congress. So uh, you have Mike Itkiss who – is a congressman who made a porn video and now you have someone coming out of the stripping industry into OnlyFans, which is a type of pornography. And uh, and you and I have talked about OnlyFans before and how it is, in a lot of ways, the future of the sex industry in our country, uh, unfortunately. But she's also running for Congress on a very similar platform. And uh, actually OnlyFans, I believe, is sponsoring her. So this is a tweet that she put out earlier this month. Young men aren't having sex. 
nearly a third of men under 30 have not had sex and a much higher percent do not have as much sex as they would like. Not exactly surprising, but this kind of statistic is a sign of much deeper problems. Our society criminalizes sex and sweeps it under the rug. The consequences are straightforward. There's more violence. Since platforms like Craigslist were banned from advertising sex, serious violent crimes against women, all women, not just sex workers, has increased by nearly one-fifth. We should be moving toward a right to sex. People should be able to have sex when they feel they want to, and we need to develop services that meet people's needs without attaching the baggage of shame or criminalization. This is just amazing, man. The uh, <laughs> These are... The, um, what's your thoughts on this, PETA? So it's interesting, and you and I have uh, kind of talked about this, and I do think it's interesting that you have a chapter in your new book called sex and politics yeah i do uh so i think what you and i were talking about last week when i first texted this to you because i just thought it was funny and it is one of those instances where you gotta laugh or cry about the current political situation in our country (laughs) and i've chosen to laugh uh it used to be material like this was the thing that like the mafia would <laughs> would hold over your head and say you better vote the way we want or all these are going to be released to the public. Now we have people who not only are coming into the office uh, into this election season with this type of material available, but they're making more <laughs> as a way to promote their campaign, which should show you a little bit about where our culture is kind of going. And what we see and and what you and I always talk about is that since Christianity is true, there actually isn't a such thing as progression beyond Christianity. All there is is regression. So what we're actually seeing is we're seeing a rehashing of the kind of politics that the world theater has known since the dawn of man. I mean, you you look at Roman society and the kind of Roman politicians that were uh, really prominent. Think of guys like Caligula and people like that who were just super open and blatant about their sexual promiscuity. Uh, You even have in the Bible, you have a depiction of a strip show that's going on in front of Herod and his political compatriots. And uh, by the way, it's not only a strip show, but it's a strip show put on by his daughter, kind of, his his stepdaughter. uh, And she's depicted as being a minor. So we have this, these, sexual perversions that are happening in that culture that today we're seeing coming back, right? This kind of political theater that was happening in the United States where politicians were ashamed of this behavior and they were trying to pretend like it wasn't happening. Now it's just on full display and now it's becoming a platform to run, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it almost feels a little Romans chapter one of the Bible where it talks about, you know, that they um, continue to approve of of people that practice evil. You know, it's like a, a full blown approval of it, you know. Um, and um, but, you know, what we find really, I think, fascinating about it is. You have like all these like we live in a society that most people would say is very civil. Right. Is like a civil society. Yeah. Uh, Most people would say our society is better off today than it's been in the past. Like as in, you know, 
thousands of years ago, that science has brought us to this amazing, wonderful place of wonderful quality of life. And, um, and you have in our country, you have a very, uh, you know, popular movement called the progressive movement that has gone on for years. Mm. And people would say is now in places of power, uh, very strong, powerful um, positions uh, politically. Uh, and even uh, in our uh, has dominated our educational system for years. And um, and so it's kind of interesting because you have this progression, you have this great scientific world, you have this great and then you have, you know, writers, you know, on the flip side yeah. of of what these two politicians kind of are going their direction. Right. So remember, let me just remind of uh, what their argument is. Their argument is that legalizing sex work and creating a right to sex would be positive for our society. And the female in this, Alexander Hunt, actually argues that it will be empowering to women and it will benefit them long term. Yeah. And and what's interesting is then you have people like we've quoted Robert Jensen many times in our podcast is he's one of those guys where you always want to kind of follow him just to get a good idea of his thoughts and uh, kind of that section of life, you know, he kind of represents a, a feministic, um, anti-porn perspective, um, a very strong one. And, and then he puts out this article on October 19th, uh, to the followers of his blog called feminism and prostitution beyond the happy hooker. And, and his article is really about the sexual exploitiveness of the patriarchal system right. against um, women, mm. and which puts women in positions to sell their bodies for money, even though they think it's liberalism and they think it's you know libertarian to do so. They really are under this oppressive patriarchal system. And he, he, he kind of goes about it with these questions. He's like, is it possible to imagine any society achieving a meaningful level of justice if people from one gender class are routinely brought are bought and sold for sexual services by people from another sex gender class? So that's his first question, which is really interesting because these people <laughs> that you just quoted yeah. in their article. Yeah in the present day would say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their answer would be like, is, is, can you achieve a meaningful level of justice? If people he says are, are buying one another. And they would say, yeah, and they would say, sure. Yeah. You know, so their argument, the argument from the other side is mutual usury is mutually objectifying. And so it kind of cancels it out. So it's like, yeah, the guy buying the woman, for a night of sex he is using her body to get what he wants but she's also using him to get what she wants and so therefore it kind of cancels it out and i can't remember who said this but it's <laughs> i thought it was a pretty insightful statement uh he said in order to fight the patriarchy what the feminist what some feminists have chosen to do is take the worst aspects of ma malehood 
and they've then adopted it as being femininity. <laughs> you know, so right. they're, they're taking the worst possible attributes of masculinity and they're like, that's ours. You don't get to be a pig. We get to be pigs, you know, and that's <laughs> that's the empowering thing. And Robert Jensen's perspective, which is funny because his argument is essentially like, I know you want to do that, but you shouldn't. Right. Which is more like our argument, which is very fascinating that someone who is so into feminism, but his argumentation is going to be more of, well, this stuff is bad because the patriarchy created it. And therefore, it's bad where we're suggesting that maybe it's bad because it's bad. <laughs> you know, maybe it's <laughs> like maybe there's an objective bad. metric of what's right and wrong when it comes to our sexuality, what will bring greater prosperity and happiness and what will bring about uh, pleasure, short term pleasure, but long terms, uh, long term amounts of emptiness. Right. Yeah. So so Robert states another question. He says. Okay, if we lived in an egalitarian society with sex gender justice, would the idea of buying and selling people for sexual services like likely emerge at all? That's one where I would say that's a pretty easy answer, and the answer is yes. Yeah, and he's thinking he's thinking somehow you could tell in the way he's writing the question is the answer is no. Right. Like he's thinking that oh no, if we live in an egalitarian society, right, which is where everybody's equal, men and women totally treated equal. There's no distinctions. Right. That he he thinks that hey, if we have you know this kind of sex gender justice. The idea of buying and selling people for sexual services would never emerge. Right. Like, which is an amazing statement. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> never emerge. It would. You're. It would never enter someone's mind. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's a reason why it's called the oldest profession. You, know, <laughs> right. you, you didn't need a. You didn't need a patriarchal system to develop the idea. That and by the way, the reason why it's called the oldest profession is because you know you need something to sell to somebody, and what's the first thing people had before we could accumulate any type of uh, uh, goods or services? Well, the first thing you could sell is yourself, right? So that's the oldest profession. It's not some patriarchal system that developed this as a as a means of people making money. It was people wanting to make money through this simple service that they're providing. In other words, they saw in themselves an ability to market their own sexuality for monetary purposes. And that's why you see that, yeah, our society is becoming more and more egalitarian. We are seeing the distinctions between men and women fade away. And yet people selling themselves has increased, not decreased. Yeah, and that's that's interesting. So if if things are becoming more equal, right, and you know you have this huge political movement of women's equality, right, in our culture and everything, you know, everything equal, 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 then you would think that this would and not enter our minds anymore. But no, right? No, obviously the patriarchal system, the empire of patriarchy, continues to 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 move but you you were in, in reading one of the articles you saw something underneath <laughs> yeah. one of these articles and these articles one of them is written very much in the robert jensen right. format that it's very anti-pornography pro-feminism so it's, right. it's pro-feminism anti-pornography prostitution 
um, sexual exploitation. Yeah. And so that's how this article is written in, in, that you're reading. Right. And, and then this, right underneath it. Right underneath. So let me read a quote from the article just so you can see the similarities between Robert Jensen and this article. Uh, a feminist society is one in which men are not assured sex with women or paternity on demand. Yet so many people who think they're feminists try to circumvent this with, if we were less ashamed of sex slash rigid about relationships, enough women would happily meet everyone's needs. So again, very Robert Jensen in that perspective. Yeah. But then underneath the article, uh, so you scroll down and then I, I saw underneath the article just today, it says Glamour Brazil awards male influencer woman of the year. Which is phenomenal. Just the fact that there's no pretext to that. That that's just listed as the title, as if right. you should just know that it's not a joke. You know that, that there's no right. there's no irony or satire present when a glamour company in Brazil names a man Woman of the Year. You know that, that's just the way it is. You which know, is, which is so odd. And for those that are trying to catch on to why we find this odd, is you have an article that is absolutely saying women we you know we need to uphold them yeah. respect them you know treat them equal you know everything we have to give them their props and then and then the next article just <laughs> below it is a man wins <laughs> woman of the year yeah. meaning meaning you're you know you're so against the patriarchy yeah. and the systems of patriarchy over the thousands of years that have oppressed women and put women down but yet you have a society that's saying equal women are equal women are equal and yet they can't see something so odd about oh, a man, man <laughs> a man winning winning glamour of the year glamour model of the year in brazil it's like men like isn't that patriarchy isn't that isn't that a part of the system i mean that that puts a man yeah. To win a woman? And, uh, you know, a woman's position? Me and my wife were talking about this this week because uh, this I just read today, but uh, last week, it was either last week or the week before, Ulta started their own podcast. And on the podcast, they had as a representative for womanhood and girlhood two men. Right. So you had two men who were one was non-binary, the other identified as a, as a woman talking about being a woman and talking about being girls. And she was so appalled. Like when I showed my wife that she was so offended, like she didn't think it was funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. She was just oh, yeah. she was just offended. And she was like, why does this never happen the other way around? Right. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you never see like men of the year be a woman you know like you never see like a, a female actually take man of the year or just have like a gq podcast where they're talking about masculinity or manhood and have two women talking about it like you would you would never see it flipped why is it only happening to us mm. and i was like that's a really good question yeah but it, the, the obvious answer for me is Maybe the feminists are not as against the patriarchy as they think, you know, right. Maybe by blurring the line between male and female, there's actually not a suppression of the patriarchy, but maybe it moves into another focus. And what I said there is like, because of the way that God created men and women, the only way that men are not going to dominate women 
is if we are put underneath a system that teaches us to use our strength to protect and to provide as opposed to exploit. If you remove that system and you say men and women are essentially equal, then men will do what men have always done, and that is use their strength not to protect and provide, but to exploit. And there's no other way to go around that. And so the people could say, well, we're fighting for equality. You know, men and women are totally the same. Well, they don't look the same. You know, when you have men dominating women at all these various things, you have to ask the question, well, you know, you have our attorney general is a man and he was nominated for woman of the year. Bruce Jenner is a man and he was nominated for woman of the year. You have the best female swimmer, Leah Thomas, is a man. <laughs> you know, so you like go down the list and you're like, women are just being shoved out of all their accomplishments. And I even read this other article where they're not even allowing for the normal feminist, uh, I guess you call them icons, to be women anymore. So I read an article that was arguing that Joan of Arc was not actually a woman. That if she was living in today's society, she would be at least non-binary, but maybe trans. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Susan B. Anthony, right? Uh, all these, uh, Mary Louise Walcott, they're arguing that all these, like, people that feminists are like, these are the best. Now they're like, no, they weren't even women. Yeah, it's so sad. It's really sad. They have taken a women right away. And, and it's so weird, right, that, uh, that women would play right into the hands of male domination. Right. Like so openly. Right. Like so much that they would literally, they want women to be men. Right. And they don't want to, they don't want, they, they're, they're ticked off that the word woman is used of Joan of Arc. Right. You know, like she's not a woman. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> you know, but it, it's just odd. It's just, it's so weird. Right. Now, Rob, Robert Jensen, in, from his anti-porn perspective, you know, sees sees these politicians probably as part of this this horrible system. Right. But what we see is like, you know, you're he's using terms like justice, you know, right living, you know, the 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 right thing to do kind of thing. But he really never gets to why it's the right thing. Right. Like why it matters. Like, oh, well, uh, the right kind of system is a system that is egalitarian and right. and it's, you know, it's a just system and a, and a just system is, you know, is the right kind of thing, right kind of living. But 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 again, what, like what is his basis for these these points that he's making? Right. Like, well, it's just the right thing to do. Well, l l let me flip this uh, in a little bit. We gotten here to this point. To where we're at today. Right. 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 And where he's able to make his points and he's able to write books yeah. and he's able to do these things. And it's all been under, quote, the patriarchy. Yeah. Right. And what's interesting is these politicians are able to actually have sex videos. Yeah. And, and do whatever they want. And that's, quote, under the patriarchy. Right. And it kind of makes it makes you wonder, like. What exactly does the patriarchy like <laughs> provide? It, it, since it's so vast, yeah. it's so. If the patriarchy system is the system that we're in, that's the box that we're in, right? And that system has within it, yeah, 
everything that is on so many different sides it has people that consider you know having sex on video totally wrong and injustice and sexually exploitive and prostitution is an absolute work of sexual exploitation and it's all page that's part of the box of patriarchy and then the patriarchy box also has people that love sex yeah. and love to put themselves on video and yeah. thinks that they should do it for free uh, don't we see a problem here that right. that if you know that either it's either this either patriarchy is not what you think yeah. <laughs> right yeah. and and you know your definition of it is wrong right right or there's something else other than the patriarchy right that's going on right right because you know robert jensen's version of patriarchy is like you know it's all this it's all this it's all that but it's not all that right you know there's places around the world where People don't realize it's like we don't want to do that. Right. You know, and they live, They not everybody prostitutes themselves. Right. Not everybody's filming themselves. Right. You know, the percentage of people that prostitute in the United States or the, the amount of people that that do a sex video mm-hmm. and put it up on a, on a, on a site mm-hmm. has to be pretty low. Right. Percentage-wise. Right. Right? And the funny thing is, is... You know, without knowing it, the article that I was reading actually undermines its own point. And yeah. it proves something that you've said previously because they, they're like Robert Jensen. They blame pornography. But what they unintentionally divulge is the fact that, like she said, men are having less sex. <laughs> so actually porn has caused uh, – try to follow my calculus here. <laughs> so porn – the proliferation of pornography has caused men to have less sex. Therefore, less men are being sexually exploitive and abusive towards women physically. So why isn't that a net good? Right? So if Robert Jensen's whole argument is men shouldn't be able to exploit or to use women, but your mentality about the patriarchy is that men are just just like these horrible people that are always yeah, going watching to porn exploitation. And porn is exploitive and racist and all that. So it's like from your perspective, what would you rather? Would you rather men be having a lot of sex, in which case not only is their sexual behavior affecting them, but it's affecting their partner? Or would you rather them be utilizing material that's put forth willingly that they can do at the privacy of their home and then they pay that person for it? And so they're not actually exploiting anyone physically just mentally so from yeah (laughs) like what's so bad about that and and again the article tries very hard to say like well no 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 men who are on porn they're more likely to abuse women sexually well it's like well you just said that they're actually less likely to have sex sex. you you just (laughs) you just said they're not having sex so actually they're less likely to do something abusive or exploitive to women well they're still abusing them though peter because they're they're paying that chat woman yeah. girl, you know, and that's exploitive. Right. That's part of the patriarchy. Right. You know, and you almost, you almost wonder like, you know, uh, with professor Jensen, you almost wonder, like, you almost want to say, Robert, why don't you just, why don't you just invoke God? Here? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's so clear. He why don't you know you want invoke to. God? Why don't you just say the big <laughs> word? You know, why don't you just say God, (laughs) because, because, you know, really it's like, it sounds like you want people to be, you know, in a very consensual, monogamous, 
peer mm-hmm. um, kind of relationship that's based on attributes like love, compassion, mm-hmm. uh, meaning, right? Um, you know, longevity, right? Um, it sounds like that's what he wants, right? You know, in in people, you know, um, and um, and that the world will just this will happen. Right. If we just somehow deconstruct, yeah. you know, patriarchy. Right. You know, that this is going to take place. Yeah. Um, and yet, yet, obviously it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, again, like I say, the box is, you know, patriarchy. If you say it's the patriarchy, well, then that's the box we're in. Patriarchal right. box. Right. And well, the, that box has created a lot of interesting things right you know we have women that love all they love buying men yeah and they love dominating men right and which i wonder what his thoughts on that would be like is he is he opposed to male prostitution which is not as low a percentage as people think yeah right so when we're talking about prostitution and sex work some people think that it's just almost a hundred percent women being bought by men but that's actually not true. I can't remember the exact statistic, but I think it's a quarter, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he puts his cards on the table for uh, – he talks about, you know, men and women being prostitutes. And, you know, again, um, that there's an economic system that has created the person who needs to sell their body. Right. So, I mean, the the – the clear thing that he's actually against, so when he uses the word patriarchy, and this is unfortunate with a lot of modern progressive thinkers, is what they're actually attacking is the institutions, right? So they're just looking at our cultural institutions, and they're saying they're bad, and it's more of like a Marxist idea, right? So, uh, you know, capitalism has created this bad thing, capitalism is created by men, and therefore this is going to happen in this particular way. But I mean, if you think again, if you think about the logic of it, you'd be like, okay, so patriarchal means that it's male ruled. So in your mindset, men have created a system in which men need to prostitute themselves. So men really didn't think it through very much, did they? Right. (laughs) So, I mean, if we if we've created a system in which we have to prostitute ourselves in order to make a living, then clearly we didn't think this whole male dominance thing out too well. Yeah. And male prostitution, it's not like. This is a novel thing. Once again, you go into Greco-Roman societies, male prostitutes were just as common as female prostitutes. Uh, And their utilization and sexual practices by both men and women were widely practiced, right? And you can go to other cultures and you see the same thing. Uh, Especially, by the way, there was usually classes of men that were castrated, unit classes of men that were used exclusively as sex slaves. So you could you could look at that and you could say, well, this is all patriarchal. Well, that doesn't make any sense, though, because patriarchal would insinuate that you're now dividing up mankind between male and female. And it's the men dominating the women. But what instead you're showing is you're showing like you're talking about a multifaceted approach to man's nature that maybe it's not split mankind down the middle and it's men and oppressing women. Maybe it's mankind oppressing and exalting themselves in various ways right in some ways we could be generous and gentle and in other ways we could be oppressive 
and maybe it's not one gender over another maybe it's just man's mad dash to oppress himself yeah and like i wonder if if mr jensen ever got to the place where he thought like maybe my writing is a product of the patriarchy right like maybe i be a white man yeah a white male man are telling women not to make money on OnlyFans. <laughs> right. Know? Like maybe I am I'm under the influence <laughs> of patriarchy. And maybe, you know, if patriarchy is as dominating as they say it is, right. then it's entrenched. Right. Then it is, you, you can't get out of it. Right. It is something that will be, I, you, you, the way we would have to get out of it would be like absolute annihilation or DNA, like um, some kind of, you know, chemical way to make change the way humans are. Right. You know, um, I guess that's my point is like, because it's, you know, you don't just take thousands of years of patriarchy and just because you write an article yeah. that says, hey, this is all because of patriarchal systems. Right. You know, you know that we're going to change the patriarchy. Right. No, you know what? You're you're part of it. Right. You, you're, you know, so. um you know, and you can even ask, like, well, where did you get that ethic from? Yeah. That people shouldn't sell themselves. Right. And uh, I'm reading a book right now called Dominion by uh, a historian named Tom Holland. It's really, really good. He's not a Christian, but he started research for the book because he thought that uh, Christianity was terrible and it's led to all these patriarchal systems of destruction. And he started studying church history. And he realized what came before Christianity and what Christianity pushed out. And he essentially, the conclusion, conclusion he came to is, I don't agree with the premise of Christianity, but I like what it's done. <laughs> I like the fact that I now find prostitution to be morally apprehensible, something that was never questioned in any society prior to Christendom. Prior to the rise of Christendom, the idea that men shouldn't sell other men, whether we're talking about sex slaves or slavery in general, the idea that people should not be property of another, that is a novel Christian idea that is only based on a philosophy that states that men are inherently valuable because of our creation in the image and likeness of God. Right, that belief And women system. are part of that. And women are part of that imago dei, that image-bearing ministry to the creation right a very unique and important part of it right that's the only thing that elevates men and women to a place where we feel as though we should not exploit one another otherwise once again what's wrong with somebody of their free will and volition selling themselves for money if that's what they want to do yeah, and he, he puts another question. He says, my last question, he says, you're speaking with a girl who is considering future vocations. You want her to live in a world with sex, gender, justice. And this is the big word, justice. sex, gender, justice. That's right. Social justice, gender justice, yeah. trans justice, <laughs> civil justice. Right. All justice, man. She asks you, what do you think I should be when I grow up? And you in, do you include prostitute in the list? If she includes that on the list, do you respond in the same way as to other possibilities? So, which is again like it's a it's a weird question because it's like if I asked anyone what would you want to be when you grow up, and they responded and said a sewage worker, right? What would you think if your kids said that to you? Would you say, 
Well, right on. Sewage trash worker. Collector. Yeah, trash collector, bricklayer. Would you honestly look at them and say, well, right on. That's a that's a noble profession. A lot of people, someone's got to do it, you know, and, and that's a part of our society. Yeah. Go for it. Or would you be offended? So in other words, what he's saying is the fact that I wouldn't want my kid or a woman that I'm with to list that as a potential vocation would insinuate that it's not a valid one. Yeah, well, and, and, and the problem I have with this, too, is it's super subjective. Right. I mean, right? And that's what you're getting at. Right. It's like, what if, like, me coming from a progressive background, you know, you know, if my kid says to me, like, like, or for, for instance, this is a an anecdotal thing, right, right. but but uh, I'll I'll share it. If I went to my dad and said, "Hey, dad, I want to join the military," yeah, my dad would have kicked me out of the house and said, "You you have to live someplace else. Right. I am not. My kid is not going to join." the military under my roof. Right. He's not going to join the military establishment and industry in this country that exploits its military action right. worldwide. Right. You know, that that's that's true from a true progressive, by right, the way, right? right? <laughs> from, from a pretty Noam Chomsky Not the modern progressive, progressive no, who's no. all for oh, the war in that's Ukraine. That's right. That's, that's a poor war. That's right. This is the total guy who's like, no, I am, you know. Yeah. And, and thing is, is to my dad, that would be right. wrong. Right. And and it would be like if someone said to me today, like, hey, when someone says, to, when I hear someone say, oh, well, I'm in nursing school. Right. Right. A part of me cringes. Right. Now, the reason why is because my dad taught me that that the healthcare system in our country and um, is in cahoots with giant money. Right. And we've learned to call that big pharma. There's uh, no evidence of that, Bo. There's none. There's no evidence no. that big pharma like <laughs> has anything to do with the medical industry. That's why today. this <laughs> podcast is brought to you by Pfizer. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But uh, but in all in all, hey, you know, you know, when someone it becomes a nurse, yeah. are they not joining the exploitiveness right. of that mob run industry? that is charging thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for 15-minute scans right. um, on people in the ER right. that need to know what's going on with their bodies. I mean, don't you, don't, don't, doesn't everybody find that just a, a, a crazy bit exploitive? Yeah. Taking people who, in their weakest moments in life and charging them, on ghastly amounts where they have to sell a car or sell a home right. in order to pay for health care. Right. You know, th that sounds very exploitive. Right. It sounds like a system that is set up. They they want you to be sick. Right. Hence FDA. Right. And so that you can, so this thing can grow. Right. So money can be made. Like, why doesn't Robert Jensen say, hey, you know what? If the If the girl says, hey, I want to be a nurse, why doesn't he say that's horrible? Yeah. That's a part of an exploitive system. Right. See, if it's all part of the patriarchy. Then it's all a part of a exploitive system. It's all part of the patriarchy. <laughs> and this is what he can't seem to get away from. Right. You know, if he's saying it's all patriarchal and the patriarchal systems, you know, and he's so elusive. Right. Right. On the systems that are in place. Well, then it's all a part of it, man. Right. You know, it doesn't matter what the young girl says. Right. It is part of the exploitive system. Right. You know, and so it's wrong. So his argument's wrong. Right. You know, 
Um, and so I see that logically he's not making, not being very. And that's very the problem consistent. that you that you brought up earlier, where you said like, why doesn't he just invoke God? You know, like, <laughs> it's just like at that point, it's because if you don't have an objective reality to appeal to, then all you have left is subjective reality. So he has to ask questions like that. Wouldn't you want it this way? Instead of saying, it doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter if you're a super progressive person who you start dating someone and they say, I want to be a prostitute. And you're like, that's awesome. <laughs> How forward thinking of you. You know, you're, you're not going to be under a pimp like the old patriarchal days. You're going to be the pimp. You know, you're going to be the person who's not only creating their own content, you're but running you're running forward, other man. people. Maybe yep. maybe you're going to be in the sex industry and you're going to run a stable of men. You know, maybe you're like right. way progressive in that direction. You know, it doesn't like from our perspective, it doesn't matter someone's subjective response to it. It only matters. Is it right? So for both this person, these people that are running for Congress, as well as Robert Jensen, we would say, the reason why it's wrong is not because we feel it's wrong. The reason why it's wrong is because there's a purpose for sex. There's a purpose for human being. And those purposes run contradictory towards the sex industry. That's why they're wrong. Yeah. It's not just that they're part of a patriarchal system. Right. And then the big political question is how many laws do you want to put in place? when it comes to our sexuality right you know what kind of society do we want to live in and when you ask that and you say well I want to live in a good society where everybody does exactly what I think they should do well how are you gonna implement that right you know how do you force that right you know how do you you know criminalize activity that's not on your side right. not what you want right. you know isn't he isn't he doing the very thing that the patriarchy system has done to say, um, uh, are the puritanical patriarchy, you know, the Christian patriarchy <laughs> has done to criminalize homosexuality. Yeah. So isn't he asking for a system, a political system that uses some form of legislation right. to get rid of certain sexual things? Right. You know, isn't that exactly what, quote, Christian patriarchy has done, the puritanical people? Yeah. You know, haven't they used their political power right. to say no to certain sexual things? Yeah. So it's like he's doing the same exact thing. Right. He's just not using the word Christian. Right. But he he's he's it, it's it seems to me like he's right there. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, this morning I was listening to a debate between Noam Chomsky and Michelle Foucault mm -hmm. back in 1971. And it's cool to see him go back and forth. But when you see him go back and forth, you realize like, oh, this is why progressivism failed. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. like they're, they're, they have these lofty ideals, but then when they start talking about what it would take to implement them, you're like, oh, you're wanting the same type of power systems that you've just condemned. Right. You're not saying like, because in the beginning of the conversation, they were both coming out super like libertarian. The power systems that are in, in, in authority right now are bad. They're ruining people. They're oppressing the social classes, da, 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 da. But then they start talking about building better ones. And you recognize like, oh, you just you're not against the power systems. You're against the people that are in charge. And <laughs> that's a very power, different the thing. The current you know? people. 
That's right. But like you could tell in the audience there's – and you could look in the audience and it's not young, hippie people. It's like suit and tie, Berkeley, probably you know, uh, college-educated, white, liberal, high-class uh, high progressives. That's who is in the audience and that's exactly what's happened to the progressive movement. So you start out in the progressive movement of power itself is bad. We should have a more equal system in which there's less governmental control and there's less corporate control. And it's progressed into, no, actually, these control systems are not what's wrong. What's wrong is who's controlling them. And now that we have the control, now they're good, right? right. Now that we own them, now they're good. And that's why you see kind of Robert Jensen's argument caving in on itself a little bit oh a lot because it's like it's not actually a progressive argument just say what you want to say man <laughs> like to say i have an objective view of how i think things ought to be and i'm willing to use systems of power to implement my vision upon the world yeah and this is <clears throat> this is interesting um because it seems like human beings If they are, if they are not given the opportunity to prostitute themselves, then and they are and 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 then they are tyrannically run by a power group so that they do not prostitute themselves. It doesn't seem like humans flourish in that tyrannical system. So when you look at a, a system of puritanical government that is saying we're against prostitution, we're against these exploitive sexual exploitation things, sex trafficking, things of this nature, we're, it, it's all banned. We're not going to do it. We would think that that kind of system in history would like produce incredible flourishing. Right. But it doesn't seem to produce flourishing. All you got to do is go to Islamic nations. Yeah, that's and right. And ask how liberated are the women underneath a system like that? How liberated are the men under a system like that? He, and lust always finds a way, man. Because what they do over there is you can marry someone for an hour. Right. Right? So like, what do you think is happening during that hour that they're married? Insane. So there's right. always a way that you could, you, could, uh, you could religify it all you want. But that's not actually going to work. So what most Christian cultures have done throughout the ages, which I think is the best solution you can come to, is you create a cultural and societal standard. This is wrong. And then you create laws that can regulate it. But then restricting it is a bridge too far. Yeah. Right. And you've heard even great Christian theologians throughout the ages like Augustine and Aquinas who are much against prostitution say, yes, however, without the intrinsic change in the heart of man, implementing this ideology will be fruitless, right? You're not going to get anywhere. And that's what, again, our nation learned during prohibition during the 20s. You can create a standard. You could create a societal standard and say, this is not right. We're opposed to it. But once you start and with a strong arm implementing that in total 
in a teetotal fashion of prohibition, yeah. you're going to cause more problems than you solve. Right. Hence prohibition. Exactly. Right. And the Christian way is one where it's a law in the heart. Right. You know, and this is something that educators have lost out on. And I think this is what's developed our problems uh, recently, maybe in the country. Um, Actually, I wanted to talk to you about that real quick. I know we're, we're probably running out of time, but uh, C.S. Lewis in The Abolition of Man, he argued that a highly intellectual society is actually not going to be less hedonistic. Right. So, And his argument was essentially this, like you have the mind, you have the heart, which resides the passions and the, the desires of a person. And then you have the appetites, the base appetites, which would be essentially sex, power, and money. And he says, like, the main thing that actually runs a man, that encourages a man towards true virtue, and this is what you're talking about for the Christian, is not, I intellectually understand that this is a wrong thing to do. It's instead, I have a passion and desire to do something different, right? I have a passion and desire to honor God, to honor my marriage vows, to honor my family and community. Like I have these things that I understand I ought to do that I'm not just pulling out of abstract philosophical thought. These are prerogatives that are given to me through scripture, through my community, and I'm choosing to adhere to them, right? That's what actually changes a person. And Lewis argued because uh, the, the luminaries that he was around, and I use that word facetiously, uh, were saying, well, you know, Lewis, once we get all these crazy Christian fundamentals out of the way and we just create a society built around science and reason, everyone's going to be totally self-controlled. And, you know, Huxley also hits on this in A Brave New World. But his theory was, no, if you take away someone's desire or uh, aspiration for better, if you remove that and you just reduce someone down to just intellectual philosophizing, they're base appetites will run rampant and now we have a society that's highly educated and yet just we got as, a lot just as criminal we got we got we got a lot of crazy desires running around yeah and you know if if robert i think wanted to really you know hit people in the right way it, it's the idea of invoking uh, the deity it's invoking that hey you know, what you have to get back to why we were created. Right. You know, what is our purpose? Right. You know, and when people and, you know, and, and I, um, students are in college right. and they, you know, they, they're no longer thinking about their accountability with a creator. Right. They're, they're basically, that's lost. Right. You know, then, then really anything goes at that point. You know, um, the Christian is always thinking, hey, how is this affecting that person? Right. You know, the greatest commandments of loving God, loving your neighbors, yourself, doing good to others, thinking through those things, you know, is something that's always on our heart. And that's what answers the question of like, should I prostitute myself? Right. It's like, well, you know, how can I honor God? How can I glorify God? Right. You know, what has God given me in my, like you're talking about, what has God created my sexuality for? Right. You know, these kind of things. And, you know, you have to, you know, either either hearts change on their own through uh, some form of relational 
uh, a relational way. Right. Or you have to coerce and force people. Right. You know, through a political system. Right. Through a legislative system. Right. You know, and, you know, um, you know, you either force people to do it, you know, and you make them, you know, put on the mask and you say, you know, it's illegal now. If you don't have a mask, you're going to jail, you know, or you help people go, hey, you know, we think that we say that we think this is the most loving thing to do with the science that we have out. Right. And we would hope that you guys would look at this science and go, hey, ask the question, what is the most loving thing to do? Mm. You know, and and some people do try that tactic, right. you know, and they try to go that route. But then other people will say, nope, we got to force it. Yeah. It's such a big issue. We got to force. Yeah. You know, which is a uh, and again, that's that's the whole point where, you know, Apostle Paul, when he talks about the law of the Lord being liberty, what he means is that the intent of the law and the, the ultimate intent of the law is to actually free man, is to make us free. And what he means by that is if God would have kept the old covenant, the reason why the old covenant, Paul describes it as slavery, is because the old covenant functioned off of a system in which if you didn't do it, you were punished, you were penalized. Paul says that system can't actually make you free. And the reason why is because you're restricted by the the strictures around you. That's it. That's what's happening to you. But you're not choosing it. And because you're not choosing it, you're not free. Paul's argument is that, no, 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 like the law of the Lord is liberty. Why? Because if I willingly subjectify myself to it, I become more free, right? But if someone makes it restrictive upon me, I'm less free because I'm not understanding what I'm doing. And so even in our politics for Christians, we're always trying to figure it out. How do we orient the political systems around us to maximize liberty? Sometimes it's counterintuitive and that requires restriction, right? There's, you know, if we just said, hey, anyone could rob whatever they want, then you got San Francisco, right? <laughs> so, and it's not, it's not that great anymore. So there has to be some amount of restriction. But if you go too far, then you actually negate liberty. And if you negate liberty, you also negate any type of virtue. And you haven't made people better, you've made them worse. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah. This would be like human beings, though, from a Bible perspective, a biblical perspective, is that, you know, there's a way that seems right to humans, but in the end it leads to destruction. Right. Right? And, you know, whether you're on the two political, you know, Mr. Eckel, I think it was, or what was his name? It, Ickes, it, Ickes, yeah. Mr. Ickes and the lady. Yeah. You know, or you're on... Um, Robert Jensen's side, you know, there's a way that seems right. Yeah. But in the end, you know, unless, unless we're, um, unless the heart of human beings is changed, not through other human beings in, you know, putting their will upon someone, yeah. but through a real work of God, right. You know, a real work of the deity, um, it seems like we are just lost. It's always going to end up in no matter what side you choose. Right. You know, um, you know, you're going to go the wrong way. And it's interesting. We have in the Bible prostitutes. Right. And we have people that ended up turning out to be amazing people. Right. Though they were at some point part of this incredibly 
horrible system, you know, and, and, um, but you don't see the Bible just putting up this, like, you know, this incredible law, like, um, um, and, and, and this incredible legislative idea around it. Like, for instance, I guess my point is this, is even though there's the law, there's this, you know, what Robert Jensen would want is kind of this system that, that has a strong law against things. You see in the Bible a tremendous amount of liberty right. to break those laws. Right. And a tremendous amount of mercy. Right. Um, within the framework. Right. You know. Which is, again, uh, the irony because yeah. the word liberal <laughs> yeah. comes from the word liberty. Yeah. <laughs> it's the word freedom. And it is funny that the progressive liberal party has now changed their tune so much. Yeah. Very interesting. Anyway, hey, great podcast and sex and politics. Check it out. <laughs> so take care. Bye-bye. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.